Hello everybody, welcome to episode 11 of the Farscape Rewatch podcast. I'm, hey, hello, I'm your host Carl Wahats and joining me as usual is Red Nightmare. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> it's all okay. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the episode Till the Blood Runs Clear. And with this episode, actually, it's episode 11, so we're now halfway through season one. Yeah. Oh, we're getting there. It's gone by so fast. How time flies when you're having fun reviewing Farscape. Hmm. I, yes, I believe that is how the saying goes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is an episode that's it's fairly straightforward, but there's some good mm-hmm. bits and pieces in it. Um, and it actually, I quite like that it brings up some previous threads that have been sort of, may have been a little bit forgotten yeah. about the past couple yeah, of episodes. Yeah, ties that might have been severed. Mm. <laughs> but let's kick it off. So, where do we start out? We start out with... Now, this I like. Crichton and Aaron are testing out uh, Crichton's module. Good old Farscape 1. Which apparently got a upgrade. Yeah, they installed some parts from Moya onto it, so now it's an actual proper, fully-fledged spaceship. Ooh. Sort of. I mean, they probably still think it's a load of junk, but <laughs> it can now fly in space uh, under its own power again. So, yeah. But there's some solar flare activity that's uh, going on from the star that they're orbiting there. Well, they're orbiting a planet around a star with high solar flare activity. Yeah, and John wants to make take some readings. Because the solar flare was present when he was shot through a wormhole, he thinks those might be connected. Yeah, because if you remember in, in the premiere, they say that there's a radiation wave heading towards him as he's doing his gravity slingshot maneuver. Mm-hmm. And so he figures those are the conditions that he needs to recreate to make another wormhole. And he mentions this to Aaron, who says, wait, so what do you call the maneuver we're doing right now? A slingshot maneuver. So yeah, he's not just (sighs) taking readings, he's actually kind of trying to open up another wormhole. And this, (laughs) the crazy part is, it works. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what, it's that straightforward? It's like, okay, solar flare, gravity slingshot, boom, wormhole. I was gonna say, this, this sounds pretty easy, actually. Yeah, like, Solar flares are not that uncommon. No, you can find and, them, like, anywhere, right? I mean, predicting them is a bit tricky. Ah, that's probably what it is. But yeah, he actually manages to create a wormhole. And this, bear in mind, this is all before the credits roll. <laughs> for, yeah, before the opening. for the opening, opening sequence. Yeah, so there's a wormhole out in space, and they're being pulled in, and <laughs> Aaron is trying to get them away and trying to tell John, because, because they've actually made it into a two-seater, now, mm-hmm. I guess, which it wasn't before. It was just a one-seater uh, module with just John in it. But she's telling Crichton to you know, flip some switches and get them out of there, and he's just transfixed by this wormhole. He's, like, hypnotized by it. I think partially because he's like, I can go home. Yeah, definitely. Um, it does also look like it is just hypnotizing him because he just stares at it like, Oh, wormhole. <laughs> All hail wormhole. All glory to the hypno hole. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded wrong. Um, But actually, like, they're being pulled in, and if they don't get away, they'll go straight through the wormhole. And I've talked about this before, like, where they put the brakes in. um, Mm -hmm. But this is where they put the titles in. He's still just hypnotized and staring at the wormhole, and then, boom, opening titles. (laughs) Yeah, I also like that Aaron is pointing out that it's incredibly unstable and would probably yeah. tear pieces. Yeah, it's not a stable wormhole. But... So we come back from the titles and John does eventually snap out of it and pull them out of there, but he mm-hmm. waited way longer than he should have. Um, it was a real cool sequence where they basically break through the edge of the wormhole, I think. Yeah. And like it goes through water. 
Yeah, like the visual depiction of the wormhole in this show is kind of like it's like water going down a plug hole, basically. Yeah. Um, and so they break through the skin of water off to the side that could kind of be an accretion disk. I don't know. It, it's it's a little bit of an odd thing. It's um, not very clear how that works. But yeah, they break through that and are ready to head back to Moya. But there is a plasma leak on John's ship. Uh, Moya doesn't want to let them aboard because they could isolate it in the hangar. So Moya wouldn't be in any danger. But Moya's baby might be. And yeah, we play the baby card. It's like... As we see in the last episode, Moya's pregnant. That means she's extra careful with these things. Yeah, and also uh, to do with the solar flares because they don't want to hang around for too long in case the solar flares also affect uh, Moya's baby. Although, I tell you what, Zan seems to be enjoying them. Yeah, she really like, no enjoying them. I was going to say, there's no other way of, ex- of wording this. She's, she's orgasmically enjoying them. Okay, so, yes, she is. Like, a hundred. Like the, it, the solar flare happens and she's... Turned on by it, let's say. Yes. Um, and actually, we're not just making up a fun... You know, we're not just having fun with uh, that. She actually says at some point, when they're d- describing what exactly is going on, um, mm-hmm. I think to Rigel and Dargo, that it's a Delvian thing. They're sensitive to ionizing radiation. And it's called a photogasm. It's literally called yes. a photogasm. So you're under no illusions about what's going on there. No. We are not hamming this up. This is actually what happened. That's actually what it's called. That's what she says. <laughs> okay, so we're not uh, we're not messing around here then. <laughs> oh. Okay. But meanwhile, since they can't go back onto Moya, and this I find a bit odd because Crichton and Aaron can't get back onto Moya because Moya won't let them on with a plasma leak. Mm-hmm. And Dargo's just ready to just leave them. To just be like, you know what? Screw these guys. We're out. We're not hanging around here. Abandon it. Get out. We're leaving. Wait, what? You just want to leave both of them? Kind of rude. Yeah, but Crichton gets a hold of Rigel and says that he was talking to someone down on the planet who is a mechanic, mm-hmm. and we'll go visit them. And Dargo's just like, no, no, you're not I allowed. I forbid it! Like, Wait, how is that your call, mate? <laughs> I was going to say, it's a goddamn democracy. I do like that John's like, you can be a real pain in the ass, cut transmission. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then Dargo has to ask Zan what pain in the ass means. <laughs> and Zan's like, I think it means something like yeah, that he finds someone really annoying. And <laughs> Rigel busts uh, open with thesaurus. I love that. The Rigel's just like, like hmm. idiots. Nincompoop. Moron. He <laughs> <laughs> just keeps going on with rattling off these other words for idiot. And like, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I really like that. And I do like that we cut back to the ship, and then John's like, to Aaron, you're with me on this, right? Oh, now it occurs to you to ask. Yeah, but it's rightfully pissed. Yeah, because he was ready to just dive headfirst into a wormhole. They had no idea where it was going to come out. and yeah, even he, if it was stable. And, yeah, that could have torn them apart. And he was willing to take Aaron with him, all because he got, thought he had a chance to go home. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn... And, yeah. and he says, like, no, 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 I, w- I, I knew it wasn't stable, I wouldn't have done it, I'm not buying that. Yeah, no, I don't buy that at all, and neither does Aaron, to be honest. No. <laughs> so, yeah, it seems that Crichton is not that different from uh, the others, in that he, he's also very desperate to go home. Yes. So they head down to the planet, uh, which is basically, it's Moss Eisley, it's Tatooine. Yes, it is. It's... It's a long stretch of desert with a tiny little spaceport kind of thing with the mechanic in it and some stalls and bits and pieces. 
It's it's very clearly budget Moss Eisley. <laughs> I do like the um, CGI of the building in the ba- the yeah. city in the back. So we, look, it's like it's like a giant rock on a few stilts. Yeah, because we do have like an expansive desert, and the bit we're heading towards is the huge vertical expansive rock. I've noticed that actually that a lot of the designs for alien planets or places that they go to in Farscape have involved a lot of vertical space. Like, True. Because you remember when we had uh, thank God it's Friday again. We had the vert- we had the tower, the tower, yeah. and, and the one in the premiere was also, I think, similar to this. If you city with at least high buildings, yeah, I just noticed that. Like, there's a common theme of like vertical design, which is which is interesting because I haven't seen that that often. I tip- you typically see stuff that is just like a lot big city or you know, yeah, or low but expansive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just an interesting quirk of design, which is kind mm-hmm. of neat. So they go to see um, the mechanic whose name is Furlow. And trying to get to her to fix Crichton's module, which she thinks is a hunk of junk, basically. Oh, I love Furlow so much. Furlow is really great. Um, she's a really good character. Yeah, she's played by an actress called uh, Magda Zubansky. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who you may recognize as she played Farmer Hoggett's wife in Babe, probably most famously. But yeah, she's got like, she's wearing like overalls and has goggles and is very clearly like. Dirty with engine grease. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's a she mechanic. Look, she looks roughly human, but there's just enough in her face that you're pretty sure she's not exactly human. Yeah, she's got some contacts in, I think, some like white yeah. lenses. But yeah, she reckons she should be able to fix the module by nightfall, but wants to buy it off Crichton's hands because it's it belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. But Crichton doesn't want to sell it, obviously, no. because... I think part of it is sentiment, but also he figures that like he needs that particular ship to do his experiments. For all he knows, it's the only ship that is capable of opening a wormhole. Yeah, you want to you want to repeat the exact same conditions, so you need the same ship, basically. Exactly. So he says that right. Well, be ready by nightfall. Can, how quickly can you get it ready? Because I need to get back up there, collect some more data. He says, well. I can have it ready by this time, but the flares will have stopped. And um, John's like, no, 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 no. It needs to be quicker. He's like, well, you know, you can't rush at this sort of thing. And so he says, well, when do the flares come back? Oh, you know, in about five years. <laughs> 4.8 cycles, she says. Oh, no, 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 no. Speed up, speed up. Go faster, go faster. Must go faster. <laughs> uh, so she says, well, I'll see what I can do. So Aaron and John just go for a walk about the rest of the place, really. Um... Which means they're given these goggles to put on because it's so <laughs> it's so bright. They look ridiculous. They're, yeah, they're goggles that are mostly kind of opaque except for two holes right in the middle. They're kind mm-hmm. of a bit like eclipse glasses where they have like a tiny slot in the middle. Yeah. To because it's so bright. Like we said, it's Tatooine. It's a desert planet. It's really bright. And, and, and it's also mostly for the solar flares. And the solar flares. Yeah. So they go for a wander about outside. And <laughs> guess what? There's a peacekeeper wanted beacon. Oh, no. Yeah, there's actually a hologram of Krace. Three Krace's, actually, because it's like <laughs> Krace facing three different directions. Like one wasn't bad enough already. Yeah, um, but he's saying that there's a reward for the capture of three escaped prisoners. So already we're like, uh-oh. Oh, no. But it's, luckily for now, it's Zan, Dargo, and Rigel. Interesting point here. It's it's a minor detail that I noticed because he says, well, uh, uh, Car Dargo, uh, San, I forget her full name. Uh, I think it's 
Paoto Zozan, if I remember right. Yeah, and then he says, and a Hynerian who styles himself mm. as Rizal the Sixteenth. Yeah. Styles himself. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I think what's going on there is that if Kray says it is actually Dominar Rigel the Sixteenth, then there are probably at least some people who are supporters of him mm. who may try and get him reinstated. That okay, fair. And Still, I, I did note note that. Yeah, I, I was like, wait. I noticed that, but the reason I think I'll I'll get into why I think that that that's going on rather than Rigel being uh, not who he says Imposter. he is. Imposter. Yeah. yeah, we'll get into that a bit later because something else comes up. So there's this beacon out for the capture of Zan, Dargo, and Rigel. Of course, when that first scene started, I was like, oh no, it's going to be like they're in the middle of the square. It's going to have. Crichton and Aaron on it, and everyone's going to attack them. But, exactly. But that's not what happened. And in fact, John is surprised at that as well. I mean, he knows it for himself, his own right. version, because he knows Crace wants him dead personally. Yes. Although you'd think he could have put something out for, you know, we want John Crichton alive, maybe. But he might not actually have a good mugshot of him. That's true, it. yeah. <laughs> Everyone else like, had their mugshots. Uh, this guy that looks like a Sebastian, but yeah. not actually is. And actually, it mm. is clear that the shot that the holograms we see of Dargo, Zan, and Rigel are their mugshots because they've got handcuffs on. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah. But uh, before they can take the uh, hologram away or take the uh, wanted beacon away because they want to, you know, get rid of that, uh, there are two aliens show up. Yeah. Two Very metal aliens. Metal. They're metal. kind of because actually. Uh, pure metal starts playing in the background. It point. does. Um, I actually have that noted down in my in my notes is I have as well. metal. Metal. Um, but yeah, they're kind of, they look kind of, they've got sort of big teeth, they've got long lanky hair, red, red eyes, eyes, and a little bit of uh, facial uh, makeup or like prosthetics to make their heads a slightly different shape. And they look cool. They look pretty cool and they're wearing like furs and stuff. The, how this scene plays out is actually quite nice, because first Aaron says, like, look, I'll do the talking. And she tries to talk him down, like, we're just passers-by, don't yep. worry. And basically they attack her and hold them at gunpoint, because uh, is this your mate? He asks uh, Crichton. Well, yeah, he says, is this your female? And, and Aaron responds, I'm nobody's female. And then they attack them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, then... After a bit of blustering from them, John just goes, Put that gun out of my face or I'll tear your head off. <laughs> to quote a previous episode, uh, John has nothing and he plays with it beautifully. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, how is this working? You have nothing. Like, you did you hit a natural 20 on your bluff? Or... Uh, this is an intimidate check. Intimidate Excuse check. Me, sorry, sir, I'm, I'm sorry, check. I'm sorry. He just critted on it. It's like... You have no weapons, you don't look particularly intimidating, but you're able to get them to back down just by shouting at them. Yeah, because he's, he, he actually manages to overrule them and being like so aggressive that they're like, okay, okay. I, th I think the implication is that these two are not very smart. No, they're not very smart, but they, are, they respond to dominance a lot. Yeah, um, so he asks them, who, they, who are you, what do you want with the fugitives? And they say they're Vocarian blood trackers, and they're named... And the and the male is named Rorf. Yeah. <laughs> and Crichton does actually say Worf? It's like no Rorf. Worf, okay. <laughs> um and that and the female is his mate Rorg. And 
he yeah and he's able to convince them that Eren is actually his mate and that yeah. you know he's the dominant one and he's they're bounty hunters yeah and they're called uh, Butch, Butch and Sundance Butch and Sundance Crichton is Butch and uh, Eren is Sundance <laughs> and oh, they're oh, after the reward as well it must be great to have a whole plethora uh, of cultural references that you can just use without anybody noticing. Yeah, nobody's going to get that. <laughs> no one's going to be, no one's going to find that suspicious. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but they say the reward belongs to us, to Butch and Sundance. So we're going to hunt them down. Which apparently works and is convincing. Like, I'm still... Yeah. <laughs> like, my only explanation for this is that he hit a natural 20 on an yeah, intimidate that's probably, check. Yeah, that's probably the only way. Trust me, I have had... I DM, I've had players who do that, and you're like, ah, oh, crap, now I have to go with this. Shit. Yeah, because <laughs> it doesn't make much sense otherwise. Like, he doesn't even have a weapon on him. It's like, this... Okay. Uh, anyway, back on Moya. Zan's been enjoying the solar flares and has gone up to the terrace, which remember is a bit that is kind of open to space with like some shielding around it mm -hmm. um, and is soaking up the flares there because um, uh, Dargo wants to know where Zan is and Rigel says she's up on the terrace Dargo's like oh I'll go up there and talk to her he's like yeah I wouldn't do that if I were you says Rigel she because talking about leaving her clothes yeah and then we see a shot uh, top down on on like a close-up of her robes being on the floor, mm -hmm. and then it sort of pans across, and like, oh no, are they going to... And all you see is, like, you see her hand come across and sort of grip onto the uh, uh, robe and just sort of hold it while she's making some... Suggestive noises. Suggestive noises off-screen. Yes. Off mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm, she's yeah. doing herself. Yeah, quite a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, so then Dargo, like this keeps getting worse basically, <laughs> because I mean they don't know any, they don't know that they're being looked for because uh, the solar flare has cut off communications between yes. the, the planet and uh, Moya, so they can't radio back up and say that hey don't come down here they're they're bounty hunters looking for you. Mm -hmm. So Dargo goes down to says he'll go down to the planet and drag Crichton and Aaron back himself. Yeah, and he takes the prowler, goes down. Like That's what I find odd, is that he just takes Aaron's Prowler. Like, Moya has a shuttle. Also, where the hell did he get the keys? Yeah. You'd think you'd did think Aaron would lock that thing by now. Uh, leave it leave the keys in the ignition? Like what the hell? <laughs> I just yeah, I thought it was odd that he takes the prowler and not the shuttle, but whatever. He's a warrior. I yeah, he I guess. Yeah. A magnificent steed. He, yeah, he needs the ship with the most guns on it. <laughs> So yeah, he heads down to the planet to go get uh, Crichton and Aaron. Uh, so, but uh, Crichton and Aaron are hanging out with the uh, uh, Volcarians with the blood trackers, mm -hmm. um, eating some kind of meat. <laughs> it looks kind of gross. It looks like a person. It's it's not very clear, but it's... it had a face on shoulders, from what I could see. Yeah. <laughs> so they're. Uh, eating that and they're in some kind of I guess it's some kind of basement or yeah. uh, whatever it is but it's it's a bit more industrial and dark dark yeah yeah so they're eating something together and Rolf mentions that the wanted beacons are actually on many planets mm -hmm. and he and Rorg who's the female they reckon this will be the fugitive's next stop because yeah. John wants to well how did you know that they would 
be here or why do you think they're here and it's like well we've been kind of tracking them and we the leviathan was spotted in the system near here and so we reckon they'll be coming here next and basically yeah. they kind of got lucky but uh, anyway the Crichton says that those three that you're looking for they won't be taken with a lot of without a lot of bloodshed yeah and <laughs> It's like, oh, we like bloodshed. John's oh. <laughs> like, well, I don't, especially not if it's my blood. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and then he says, "All right, how good are the two of you? Because I might be willing to cut you in. <laughs> we'll split the bounty. We'll split the bounty seventy thirty. And he's like, mm. seventy forty. I was like, that's not how. You know what? Eighty forty. <laughs> Done." <laughs> Like I said, these two are not very smart. No, they really are. Like, <laughs> God damn it, guys, come on. I, I I wasn't sure if it was because they're really dumb or because percentiles aren't a thing in this culture. Yeah, maybe. I'm just, I'm going to hedge my bets and say it's both. <laughs> <laughs> probably. It, it's probably both. Uh, so they head off and Aaron and Crichton are left alone with the, uh, with the wanted beacon. Mm-hmm. And Aaron's like, well, how... How long do you think this is going to work? How long are they going to not suspect anything? Um, and it only needs to work until they fix the module and can get out of here. Yeah, at that point it's like, well, they don't care if they know know they've been fooled. Uh, but now we get uh, a further twist because it's this whole time Erin has been fiddling with the wanted beacon. Mm-hmm. And it she's, turns out she's been inputting her own personal uh, access code into it because it then plays another hologram. Of Chris. Of Chris. Talking This is actually why I think it's a recent beacon and not a recent signal. Ah, good point, yeah. So, yeah, because Chris is talking directly to Aaron. This is a message specifically for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and says that, Aaronson, when you are, you'll be captured and you will face trial, unless you accept his conditional amnesty. So, if she turns everyone else in, mm-hmm. then she will be... Uh, allowed to come back and face, I think it was honor, honorable, honorable discharge. Yeah, I think they... And retirement. Refer, yeah, they think they refer to it as honorable retirement or... Yeah. yeah. You'll, you can't be, you know, you won't be part of a squad, but you can come back and just be a peacekeeper again. Yes. And, yeah, so there's kind of, he's trying to bring her back. It's interesting that he seems to be trying to get her back to get everyone else. Yeah, because he he knows he he might have some leverage over her. So yeah, but she has to surrender everyone else, you know, not and also not just the four, not just Dargo's and Rigel and Crichton, but also you know Moya as well. Yeah. But and he gives his oath that this is what'll happen, and well, we know how much that's worth. Yeah, which is exactly what John says, but Aaron seems to be thinking about it. So hmm, we'll see. I like that John's like you're not taking him seriously, right? He's always serious. I mean, you say that, but we have seen that he is kind of crazy. He and, is. And hell-bent on getting He's Crichton. crazy serious. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but while this has been going on, Dargo has landed on the planet at last. Um, he's also wearing, like, a face mask kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, really cool one. Yeah, it's, like, got a black visor and probably breathing apparatus in it. It looks, it covers his whole face. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, again, because it's so uh, bright with all the solar flares and all that stuff. It's yeah. really it's like a hockey mask. Yeah. Um so he lands on the planet with this is when I noticed really started to notice the metal. <laughs> Cuz yeah, 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 I, yeah, I want to yeah. talk about this cuz he lands 
outside of the town um, in the Prowler and starts walking across the sand dunes with mm-hmm. just like the soundtrack switches from just not really having anything or incidental background music to just like this metal tune as he's yeah. like <laughs> yeah metal oh. <laughs> it just that's when it stood out to me of like okay we get the shots of Dogo walking around and it's just metal everywhere yeah but the uh but Rolf and Rog have picked up his scent um <laughs> i like that how quickly this happens mhm because it's like he lands on the planet and the female uh of the two is just like luxons <laughs> smell a luxon okay two points with that one that uh, that's not how scent works i mean not that quickly no it might spread but not that quickly two um how does she know what a luxon smells like because apparently they they had the only information they had on on these three was in the beacon and i don't mm. think they provided a, a scent sample Maybe it was like a new smell that hadn't been... She doesn't specifically say Luxon. That oh, is that's true. true. Later on, she does specifically say Delphian. Ah, well, whatever. So <laughs> That's so, actually where the point I'm like, wait, what? So they're going to try and capture him, but Dargo gets a drop on one of them, but the other one sneaks up behind him and stuns him, and he falls down. Yeah. So, yeah. Really cool gun. It's like he gets hit, and it's like a net basically falls around him, or the, at least the energy uh, goes around him. Yeah, and he collapses. Looks really cool. Yeah, so good job, Dargo. You got yourself captured. Yeah. <laughs> Clever boy. Uh, Especially for lugging this sword around without turning it to gun mode in the desert. What do you think was going to happen? Yeah, like it's the desert and presumably in the desert you can see people coming from quite far away so you want a weapon like that. You want yeah, to be able to close shoot. quarters is where you want the sword. This yeah. Is, the desert is not close quarters. Not re- No, not really. Anyway, he's been captured by the two mm-hmm. of them. But then we head back to see Furlough again, and she's still offering to buy Farscape 1. She still wants the module. Yeah. Uh, but not just because it's it belongs in a museum. Yeah, because John doesn't trust it entirely. Yeah. Why she's so persistent in this. Mm, from working on it, she's noticed signs that indicate it's been close to a wormhole. Yeah. And... Uh, that would also explain the weird gravity waves that she picked up earlier today. Mm-hmm. But uh, Crichton's still not selling, really. No. He's specifically dodging the fact that he needs a wormhole to go home, which is smart because that points out how desperate you are. Yeah, and he says... Negotiating, you, know, you don't want anyone knowing, knowing that. What I find interesting is he says, you know, what do you know about wormholes? And Furlow says, well, they're theoretical. No one's ever gone through one. And like, I find that interesting that wormholes are unknown to everyone not just Crichton like no one else mm-hmm. knows how to use them um, they don't even know how to create them yeah so it's clearly so uh, that could be a very valuable commodity that information mm. but uh, so he won't sell but Furlow says well I could trade I just got this brand new uh, second hand just come across this second hand prowler and that sounds like prowler oh shit oh crap <laughs> oh no so he goes outside to go uh, to see what's going on, and Rolf and Rorg are bringing Dargo in. They've captured him at this point. Mm-hmm. In this weird um, like harness that is like a full-body harness that like wraps around his, it, it wraps around his Dargo's arms, legs, and torso, 
um, with like a stick at the back so they can push him forwards. That didn't go well. That did not go well. Um, and also, this is where <laughs> Dargo sort of lashes out at Crichton a little bit. Yeah, it's like, Crichton, I will kill you! <laughs> and they're like, wait, your name is Crichton? It's like, uh, yeah, Butch, Butch Crichton. Crichton. <laughs> nice save, John. Yeah. Nice hey, save. Down. Hey, they've written down there as well. Nice save, man. Nice save. <laughs> also, every time we see Furlough, she's just sitting on her ass, smoking a cigar. Oh, yeah, I love if that. she's the best mechanic around, why isn't she doing anything? Because she can tell other people what to do. I guess. <laughs> and that she has a whole bunch of people working for her. That like, is true. She's the boss. True, she, okay, okay. She, she probably only does the really sensitive stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I do like that little character thing, though. She always seems to be smoking a cigar. Yeah. Like, that's a neat little detail. So now Crichton has... Oh, well, Crichton is playing. Is still playing along for now. He, he knows he can't go up against these two. Um, like I said, he's bluffing heavily. <laughs> they have guns. He does not. He does not have gun. And so he goes with them while they basically torture Dargo. Yeah. Um, to try and find out where the other fugitives are. So they're like, oh, his skin is thick, but I bet these are sensitive. And they take one of his hair tentacles, tentacles and they cut into it. And it's like, oh, that, that probably is very sensitive. Mm. And, and bleeds dark. And bleh. Uh, yeah, and they actually kind of screwed up there because, as Crichton says, like, right, you just cut his, you just cut his tentacle. He's going to bleed out and die if you don't do something about it. This whole time, John is insisting that this is a waste of time. Luxons don't talk. Yeah, like you're not going to get anything out of torturing no. him or trying to question him. And... Rolf is actually kind of suspicious about this. It's like, why mm -hmm. are you delaying? Why are you you're stalling? Um, so he says, "All right, maybe well, our secret allies with them. They've offered you more to protect them, and that's why he suddenly shows up after me." Of course, that's exactly what's happening. You yeah, <laughs> we've established they're not very smart. No. Um, and so, but as a test, Rolf's like, "Well, okay, if it's a waste of time, then waste some time. Here, have this knife." And torture Dargo yourself. Um, so, yeah, but what Crichton has said is, like, they have to make the blood run clear or Dargo will die because his blood will turn toxic. For Dargo. I would have pointed out that his blood would turn toxic, period, for the other two as well. Scare him away like that. But. Yeah, but... Um, and this has come up before, so this is not just something he's pulling out of his no. ass. And he's, and he's also trying to save Dargo. So, but he manages to do it while making it look like he's uh, kind of torturing him a bit because he grabs the tentacle where the where it was cut squeezes mm -hmm. it and kind of punches dargo on the side of the head a bit yeah and uh and while making it look like it's like where why are you uh, talk are you? listen to me listen to me good kid <laughs> um you might not know who i am you might not care <laughs> if you don't do what I say, I will kill you. Punch, 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 punch. Um, and so he then steps away, and we have like a shot of his hand uh, sort of uh, coming off the tentacle, and the blood has gone clear. So Yeah, so Success. Dargo will live. Yeah, um, but Rolf is still suspicious. Like, why are you protecting him? And so Crichton goes with, Dargo's worthless to them dead. The reward is only for if they're alive. Which is not true! Because <laughs> they point out, it's like, that... The hologram didn't say anything about that. Well, the one I found did. It's like, you found a different hologram? So the, the, <laughs> this is kind of falling apart a little bit now. Mm -hmm. he's, he's losing control here. He yeah. knows it. 
but he has managed to uh, save Dargo for now. So back with the module in the repair shop in Furlow's uh, garage, basically. Aaron is also trying to help out a little bit. Um, By pressuring Furlough mostly. Yeah. <laughs> What's taking you so goddamn long? Well, if you would get out of my hair, it would go faster. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, but one of the people working on uh, the ship is being a little bit suspicious and is going straight for the flight recorder. Yeah, Aaron notices this. Like, what's he doing? It looks like us. Probably checking your avionics or something. No, 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 no. That's not what he's doing. He's trying to get to the flight recorder. Get here. Get over here. And so she basically pulls uh, the goggles or hood off him. And he's got weird kind of uh, yellow eyes. and his They glow slightly. They glow slightly. And he attacks her and they have a scrap. An actual scrap. Aaron is fighting actually not that stupid high hands fighting they did in uh, <laughs> the time loop episode. God yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, they actually have a proper scrap. Yeah, but, this, uh, lo this looked way better. Yeah, but it didn't go that well because she gets knocked down um, with the guy sort of above ready to you know, kill her, basically. Yeah, basically holding up a giant can of something. Yeah, it looks a like gas a gas can and just yeah. slamming it on her skull. But uh, Furlough gets there first and whacks him on the back of the head with a <laughs> metal plunger, basically. I, I, I love that uh, for, that he's standing there and just Furlough, yoo-hoo! <laughs> looks around, wham! <laughs> it's really good. Um, and and yeah, he's knocked out. Actually, no, he's not just knocked out. He's fucking dead. He's dead. <laughs> he died. She pokes him with that uh, with the device she has. Apparently, it shocks something. It's like, <laughs> oh, he dead. Oh, yep, nope, he dead. But uh, Aaron, so in the fight, Aaron got sort of knocked down and outside a little bit, and there was a solar flare, which went directly into her eyes, and now she can't see. She's blind. Yeah. So oh. that's not good. You know, there's but uh, photos reassured. So there's you know a sixty to a sixty percent chance of regaining sight, maybe seventy, possibly even eighty, possibly eighty. Yeah. And I like, <laughs> I like that Aaron's like, how long is that gonna take? Take wait, don't tell me you're not an eye physician. <laughs> <laughs> so of course this has been going on for a little while now. So now it's Zan's turn to come down to the planet. Yeah, because. She comes back from the terrace, and uh, Rachel's sleeping oh, again this. in his chair. And she's like, oh, I feel completely refreshed. Rachel, Rachel, wake up. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I don't <laughs> want to see your nakedness. Oh. Yeah, he covers, I love that shot. The puppet work is great, again, where he covers his eyes with his hands. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to see it. I was like, are you wearing clothes? He says, are you wearing clothes? Um, and she she is, but she's like, no, I'm completely nude and I'm as naked as a baby. <laughs> and she's basically having some fun with him playing. I it. like I like Sam doing this actually. Yeah, this it's is just... Sam we don't see just teasing Rachel <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, so then she kind of takes takes his hands off his eyes and he closes his eyes very quickly. Yeah, and then... she's uh, she's like, <laughs> what? Uh, really close to us here. What parts of me don't you want to see? Be specific. <laughs> and she blows on his eyes and he opens up. It's like, dop, <laughs> <laughs> It's a really funny... It's a it's really a funny... I really like that one. Yeah. Um, but, of course, since they've had no communication and, and Dargo hasn't come back, well, like, what the hell's going on? So Zan decides she's going to go down to the planet and yes, figure out what's going on. Yes, because that solved the problem last time. <laughs> yeah. People keep going down there and keep getting stuck. I'll go down. <laughs> this seems like a good idea. Um, <laughs> so she she heads down. 
And of course, the uh, two trackers pick up her scent as well. Mm-hmm. And that's where she's immediately, and they're like, Delvian, Delvian, and like, what do you know what the Delvian smells like? You barely knew anything about the species. Yeah, so she's walking around. Incidentally, again, metal, metal on the uh, yeah on the sand dunes. Um, interestingly, we don't see she comes down in Moya's shuttle, which we don't see. Mm-hmm. We don't have a prop for that, apparently, or a set for that. I don't think we've we've seen uh, the we've shuttle seen... at all. We've only seen it in the CG shots. Yeah, so maybe they don't have that ready, but she's just walking across the sand dunes. And, oh yeah, so the trackers have picked up her scent, mm-hmm. and then she does some kind of funky Delvian priest magic to throw them off the scent. Yeah, it's. I, I think I think the spell is uh, remove scent. Yeah. <laughs> Prestidigitation like, because it cleans? I don't know. Something might, like been, that. might be one of those spells. But she sort of kneels down and puts her hands over her head and the blue lightning makes a return and goes over her body and apparently that throws off the scent. So that's good. And then the solar flare happens. <laughs> and she's like, not now. <sighs> yeah, like it's it's not... Yeah, it's not a conscious thing. It's like, oh, no, mm, nope, mm, not now, no, bad time, bad time. <laughs> it's like, I can And she kind of okay. collapses down a little bit of just like, nope, well, okay, okay. <laughs> She's overcome with uh, ecstasy, really. Yeah, basically. So back with Dargo, he's managed to work his way free of, uh, the, of the restraints. Yeah. Um, and he, pull, he pulls a fast one on John because John comes back in and he's, he's trying like, to... Yeah, he's trying to be like, right, okay, we gotta, we gotta get out of here. Yeah, because he he comes in and he's like, Rorf, Borg. <laughs> well, I guess I'm lucky. Sorry, Dargo, wake up, we need to go. And then Dargo kicks him in the face. <laughs> yep. Because Dargo's very pissed off. Um, and yeah, he just attacked Crichton because it seems like he's allied with the uh, bounty hunters and ah, and. And Crichton's trying to talk him around. Yeah, because he's like, look, I did that to save your goddamn life. Yeah, like I saved your house today. And and then Dargo is very upset with Crichton. He says, I don't understand what the, what goes on inside your head. You you frustrate me. You're irritating. I don't like you. And I also like that he points out, like, you almost went away. You were prepared to do anything to go home. And like, oh, really? Well, I wasn't the person that was trying to chop off Pilot's arm. It's like, yes, it makes a return. Yeah, that was actually necessary. I do like that he's really pissed off about that, because... I mean, they both have a point, because, like, yeah, like, Dargo and Zan and Ryder went way too far in cutting yeah. off Pilot's arm. But John was prepared to take Aaron with him without her consent, basically. Yeah, and that was also too far. Yeah, so they're both kind of... They're both very desperate to go home and have gone a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. Um... And Dargo says, well, every time I let my guard... Oh, yeah, and then and then Crichton says, yeah, I wasn't the one chopping off Pilot's arm, and I'm the one keeping your family secrets. Remember from the yeah. last episode, which was uh-huh. heavy. Um, and Dargo says, but every time I let my guard down, you disappoint me. And it's like, okay, wow. These two are not getting on right now. No, and he, he says, like, I keep forgetting you're not a peacekeeper. Yeah, because... like it so much. Because he said... Because John says... Alright, what do you want from me? I'm only human. Yeah. And then, then he's like, ugh, I keep forgetting. You look so much like a peacekeeper. And John's like, that's it? That's what's... That's a problem here? Yeah, so then they've kind of 
calmed down a bit now, and he's Crichton calls Dargo childish, and Dargo says Crichton is selfish, and says, yeah, I, I can be, so what? And what about you? I, I, I can be as well, sometimes. So they say, well, okay, we're not going to be friends. No, this is never going to work. Um, but we can be allies. And yeah, I do. I really like that John's like, we're never going to be friends, are we? That's a lot to ask for, Dargo says. And he's like, how about respect? Yeah. And I also like that Crichton points out that, yeah, okay, we both butted heads quite a lot. But I never came after you with a weapon. No, which that is true. Which you've done multiple times. But yeah, there's, they can at least form a bond of respect. Yeah, and I, I like that John sticks out his hand. <laughs> yeah. shake his hand and this he's is, like oh this is so good this is nice I really like this and he's like this is something warriors on earth did to show that they had no weapons and this... then John Dargo's like he takes up his right hand which is holding his sword <laughs> I actually that's the shot left and it gives gives, gives John a hand yeah like it's it's a nice scene but the, that first bit where he just raises his hand with a massive sword in it is hilarious <laughs> just like to show they weren't holding weapons he's like well, uh. <laughs> but then they do shake hands and they are allied for now. And so we're back with Erin and Furlough after that scene. And Erin knows that Furlough doesn't want to fix the module anytime soon. No. Which is because there are not usually a load of bounty hunters coming around um, looking for people who may have a module or know the people who are being hunted, you know. Erin mm-hmm. says they can make a deal for it. Yeah, I and she's like, how much do you know about cyber manipulation? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but Rolf and Rorg have cottoned onto what's going on, and they're attacking Dargo and Crichton as they're trying to get yeah. out of there. Because they they they're back in the in the village, at the outskirts where where we've seen them walk around before, and they just start shooting at them. It's a proper shootout. And they hide behind a stall, and John's like, "Well, great place. Can you find some cover with a back door?" Like, I didn't choose this cover. <laughs> so, they're, yeah, they're, they're being pinned down and ah, it's all gone wrong. Um, and I like that John's now like, okay, I'll handle this. And he just steps out of cover. He's like, who the hell do you think you're shooting at? <laughs> and he fails his intimidate check this time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that that actually failed because... Yeah, because at this point, though, even those idiots are like, nope, nope. No, we're just no. going to keep shooting. <laughs> and so, but... But now Aaron is sort of stumbling out, and remember she's still blind at this point. Mm-hmm. But she's walking. And John out. has briefly been there and knows this. Um, it's a minor scene that re- wasn't really relevant to talk about any more than that. Yeah, he goes over to try and help Aaron because she's got the beacon and mm-hmm. plonking it down on the on the wall, and it goes off. And <laughs> Crace now says the Peacekeeper Command Carrier that was going to col- uh, collect the bounty for these three. Has been reassigned, so uh, no reward. Goodbye. <laughs> and I like that Batty on this immediately like, hold on, this is pointless then. Yes. Waste of time. You're hungry. <laughs> and at that point, what if uh, Darko shots, strikes behind him? Rourke's <laughs> like, not that hungry. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, all right, this is more trouble than it's worth. Let's get out of here. Have hey. fun with them, butch. And uh, just leave. <laughs> And also, I like. I really like this. That Erin is really happy with her with her idea. Yeah, I, I love this. She's really happy with her plan here. It's like that was a. Uh, John's like that was a good plan. Yeah, yeah. probably my best plan yet. And she 
blindly slaps him in the uh, <laughs> it's really the funny face. she's like feeling around for where he is it's like <laughs> but it's it's actually great because it is it's Aaron using her head again yeah uh, and she's yeah she's doing well it's a good plan yeah. seriously a good plan uh, I also like that in this scene at some point uh, first Dargo doesn't want to leave John because John's like okay give me your gun you can get Aaron you can get out no you are my ally. I will not leave you. Oh yeah, like I this really... is my character. This is how I'm playing it. <laughs> it's that comes up again, but but I do like that he he. Wait, like we, this has come up before. Like we said, we with the um, the frog people <laughs> a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a respect for the rules of engagement. Basically, yeah. you don't leave your allies behind. And, exactly. Even though you're a, even though you might think your ally is kind of a dick. Yeah, <laughs> you don't leave them behind. I also love that when when John tries to get to Aaron, he says to to Dargo, Dargo, cover me, and he runs away. And Dargo's like, oh, "Cover you." <laughs> Very reluctantly covers him. But, okay, fine. But yeah, anyway, they've everything is mostly sorted out. The bounty hunters have gone away. Um, yes. So Crane's like, "Right, I need to get back up there and uh, get back up into the solar flares." And that's when Zan arrives and says, "I'm sorry, but the flares have stopped." You've missed your chance. How, how do you know? And Zan's like, well, if they hadn't, I wouldn't still be here. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be here yet. Yep. And so, yeah, Crichton's missed his chance to go and uh, play with the solar flares. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we head back to furloughs to uh, finish up uh, John's module. And Air Insight is coming back a little bit. It's mm-hmm. kind of blurry. Um, and... I do, I do like the exchange that I have at this point because John's like about the beacon, like, were you seriously considering it? And she's like, I know what retirement means. To yeah, Chris. it apparently means that it would be uh, an actually artificially induced or like a deliberately induced heat death. Well, yeah, heat deli- a living sorry, death. Living death. Yeah, it would be a deliberately induced living death, which is yeah. the sebation heat delirium. So, yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound too good. And I like John pointing out to them, why were you considering it? Why are you looking at the uh, beacon so much? And he's like, because it was nice for a moment to believe that his offer was genuine. Yeah, that she could go back to her old life, which is a really nice parallel with basically with the with the opening scene. Mm -hmm. That's exactly the same thing Crichton was doing with the wormhole where like it was unstable and he knew it was unstable, but he was transfixed by it and staring at it because there was the possibility that it was a way home and mm-hmm. so and Aaron is doing exactly the same thing with Chris's uh, offer of retirement uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah like again we're furthering that bonding that they have very there's a there's a there's a lot more common ground there than mm-hmm. we may have I, I, I really like the dynamic between those two as the mm-hmm. series uh, has been going on yeah uh, <laughs> now we return. Now we get to the part where we realize that wait, they've been repairing this module, <laughs> so you kind of, you have to pay them. You know, you have to pay people for doing that yeah. kind of stuff. Because Aaron says, like, look, um, I'm in debt to furlough, and I can't pay it. You yeah, you settle the bill. You like to talk to him, talk to her. <laughs> so, I'm wondering. Did they come down like because because he he goes to, he looks at the bill she gives him the bill and, and it's like, like uh, uh, she she goes off a whole list and a goggle rental and John's like 
She looks at him like, the fuck? <laughs> like, goggle rental? Serious? It's like, oh, I can, I can wave the goggle rental, okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And then, then he asks, like, you need any food cubes? Yeah, so this is what I, what I was uh, thinking of was that, well, this is what I was uh, getting at, is that, did they just come down here with no way to pay them and just say, like, right, repair my module and then we'll figure it out later? I think that is. I mean, given John's situation, that I agree on that. That's yeah. what I would have done, given yeah. the time constraint. I mean, they're just lucky that they didn't ask for cash up front. No. <laughs> so, yeah, he can't actually pay, and so they're not. she's not going to let him take the module away until he can actually pay no. for it. And so she's like, well, you can work here and stay here, work it off, work on this little experiment I have going here. He's like, uh, there's a bunch of bounty hunters coming. It's probably not an option. Yeah. And so what she wants, what she will accept, is Crichton's data on wormholes. Yeah, because he's like, it, that could be highly profitable. Yeah, they could sell that information to the highest bidder, really. And um, I like that John's completely okay with it. He's like, fine, once I'm back up, I'll make you a copy, send it back. And she's like, no, no, exclusive rights or nothing. And he's like, oh, God. And it's like, no, 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 I can't do that. I need this to get home the first time he actually drops this information. Yeah. Like, and she says, well, I'm sorry, but that's what it is. That's the, that's the offer. Take it or leave it, basically. He knows he has to. Yeah, it, it's he what has he has no to option. do. So, because then, and like they say, they can, they can keep looking for stars with high solar flare activity. Mm -hmm. But it's, they'll have to leave all this data behind. And so yeah, he do, he agrees and gives her the data, which, by the way, is on a like a little mini cassette. Yeah. So like, I hope you have a way of reading that. <laughs> I think she does. I don't think that would be too complicated for them. Maybe maybe she might have been like, I'll figure it out later because I don't. If he tries to transcode it on something else, I there's no guarantee it's going to be exclusive, right? So I'll take that risk. Maybe. I I was just expecting a, a thing where, like he hands over the tape. And I was expecting her to look at it and just be like, the hell is this? <laughs> How do I use this? But apparently she has, I don't know, a tape player in the back or something. Erin does, does refer to it at the beginning of the episode as a primitive magnetic recording device. Yeah, so they seem to know what it is. So, sure. Okay. They should be able to get the, get the information now. But yeah. but he's So he gives her the data and says, you wait five years from now, I'll be waiting for you at the other end of that wormhole. <laughs> you have no idea where that wormhole could, would have gone. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea of aiming these things. And even if you did, you still don't know where to aim them. Yeah. But that's, uh, but that's where we finish. And that's the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like I said, like the plot is fairly straightforward. There's not much to it. But yeah. there's, there's some good... There's some bonding between... You, have, you further John and uh, Dargo's relationship. Yeah. And John and Aaron. John and Aaron a little bit as well. So yeah, what do we think? Uh, I, I, it was an okay episode. There yeah. was nothing that really jumped out at me that, to make it amazing. Mm. Like, like I said, I really liked the scene between Dargo and uh, John. But yeah. aside from that, it was like not that brilliant. No, so but, I, I'm just gonna give it a three out of five. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Like, a it's, decent episode. Yeah, solid episode. But I, I'm, I am glad that we had some more character development. Some relationship yeah. actually there is there is a bit where dargo mentions like he's whether he's arguing with john and it's like 
in our relationship. And then John's like, oh, we have a relationship now. That must be why you want to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. That is actually what they have now. They're not, they have a more of a relationship between the two of them. Yeah, it's a mutual relationship of respect. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll keep butting heads, but yeah. probably without trying to kill each other. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> we can downgrade it a little bit from that. And but this is also one of the this is one of those episodes where we see how much John wants to go home because he's mm. given what he thinks is a chance to and he almost takes it at yeah. at high risk to himself and Aaron and everyone else. So yeah. But yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Um the there was nothing really much to Actually, there was one quick bit I wanted to talk about about the uh, editing or the. So, we mentioned that when Erin loses her sight, we have furlough saying, you know, you have a sixty percent chance. Well, seventy percent. Well, you know, maybe eighty percent. Uh And it's like a close up of furlough. I think she's actually in John's module at that point. Yeah, and that gets reused. Yeah, because when John goes goes back to uh, see them and he finds out that Erin has been blinded, they use the exact same shot. Mm-hmm. For her repeating that to John, which I, it stood out to me a little bit because I noticed that as well. I was like, "Wait, um, I, I forgot to go back and check it." But I'm pretty sure it's exactly the that same. Was it was at least the the exact same lines, but I'm pretty sure it's the exact same. Yeah, it's the same shot. Line. Yeah, um, same shot as well. Which is just it's, a it, it, it seems a little bit kind of cheap, I guess, because it's just like we'll just reuse the same thing, not in a different. No different delivery or different shot, just like pop that right back. I mean, back I in. think I would have gone with um, basically keeping the camera on John and Aaron and just reusing the audio on that because that's fine. Yeah, it's just well, something like that, but yeah, it did stand out to me a little bit. And that and the, the random metal when we're on the yeah, when we're looking at the sand dunes. I, like, I think it's mostly the, the Blood Hunters, yeah, that that's true, triggered that soundtrack. Right. But yeah, no, this was pretty solid and not terrible, not, not amazing. amazing. Like but... I said, we, we've just come off of a couple of really good ones. We had PK yeah. Tech Girl, we had They've Got a Secret. Battle um, Black Magic. Yeah, and so this is kind of just like an average uh, episode. So it's, yeah. yeah, but it's still pretty good. It's it, it serves its purpose. It advances a few tiny things. And aside from that, it fills time with an interesting episode. There you go. It does the job. So yeah, there we go. That's uh, that's this episode, and like we said, pretty good, pretty okay. Three out of five, um, and you will be happy to know that that is basically the co- the consensus on fastgetworld.com. That is, uh, yeah. I've I've been on the mark. Uh, yeah, I think we're far. we're we're kind of we're staying in line with what everyone else seems to think. I can't I can't wait to completely disagree with them. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for that. I hope that happens at some point. It'll be interesting. me too. Um, so yeah, who knows? Maybe it'll happen next week because what's up next? Ah, we have the episode is called Rhapsody in Blue. Ooh. Mm. That tells me absolutely nothing. I mean, I'm I'm thinking it might have something to do with Zan. Oh, right. Actually, good point. Because she's hmm. blue. Um, in fact, let me read out. There's a, there's a very brief summary. So it's, Zan is asked to help an outpost of fellow Delvians attempting to avoid the madness that threatens them. Ooh, so we get, interesting. Maybe we get some more Delvian backstory. Yeah. Nice. That's interesting. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm looking, looking forward to next week now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, you can find us again next week. We'll be back for that. In the meantime, uh, if you want to support this show, and it is in fact brought to you by listeners like you and the supporters of the Can't Wear Hats Patreon, patreon.com slash can't wear hats, which supports 
the, this podcast and my live streams and other yes. projects. Yes. And if you want to get in touch, you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Cartwahats and Red is at Vidalkin in Tree. Yep. And you can leave a comment on YouTube and all of that stuff. So, yeah, let us know what you think. And we'll be back next week for Rhapsody in Blue. So until next time, we'll see you around. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, if anyone asks, I'm Butch, and you're Sundance. How come you get to be Butch? Because I'm the alpha male, goddammit! Ah. Now give me all the lunch money. Okay, okay. Wait, this is my show. <laughs>